Welcome to the Nobody Told Me That podcast. My name is Teresa Duncan, and my goal is to share information that you probably weren't thinking about. I love preparing my friends for situations that may come completely out of the blue. I also want to share with you many of the tidbits I picked up over the years. If you absolutely have to tune out before the end of the show, make sure you check out the show notes for more details and information on today's topic. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day. We're here with what I'm going to call a hit and run episode. I have Lois Banta on and we're just going to go on over one topic so that you can get a hold of it and start implementing it because she knows what she's talking about when it comes to putting things in the right light. So the big thing that is going on in our industry is this PPE to charge or not to charge, you know, uh, that is the question indeed. And what do you say to patients and just in general, Lois, how about that? I'm just going to throw the big ball of PPE into your lap and you just tackle the whole topic there. Well, hello, Teresa. Uh, yes. Hit and run, hit and run episode. I love that. <laughs> a great video on that regarding PPE couple of rules of thumb there. So one, so one of the questions I've been having for my clients is, should we charge a separate fee for that? Should we raise our fees overall and absorb the cost? And I think it depends on the style of practice that you have. So if you're a fee-for-service practice, you're not contracted with any uh, insurance plans. The What makes the most sense is to just write, I call it right-sizing your fees. So adjust your fees overall by a certain percentage. Typically, I recommend anywhere from uh, three to 5% overall, and that will absorb the extra expense that practices are experiencing. Now, if you're in network with one or 12 plans, uh, it's going to be difficult to charge a separate fee without the insurance companies trying to drive that bus by causing the practice to write it off. So I recommend a separate PPE fee. You had recommended the code D1999 for now until the ADA comes up with a different code for that particular um, expense and charging that to the patient. So then the question comes with, well, how do, how do we have, how do we talk with our patients about it? So the good news is patients aren't going to be surprised by it. So that's the good news. The thing that I always recommend, especially in the uh, arena of collections is to remember three things. You got to be positive. You got to be confident. You got to be matter of fact. If you apologize for the fact that you have to charge it, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot and the patient's going to be very upset with you. And I've had a lot of clients ask me, should we send a letter? Should we um, call them in advance? No, you should not because you can't control the dynamic of the receiving part of that communication. You're left to the patient interpreting or perceiving what your intention is there. So live face-to-face -face is always best. So the verbal skill is a simply confident, positive, matter-of-fact verbal skill. It's just including your visit today, uh, the estimated amount due um, is $25. We have a special um, PPE fee to incorporate the added expense of offering that service, and that is your fee to pay today. What questions can we answer for you about that? Some patients are going to be you know, obstinate and upset, but just remember, folks, those are the same patients who would complain if your crown fees were a dollar. The ones who are going to complain always complain anyway. And we cannot, we cannot base our intention off of a small part of the population's potential reaction. 
do you think this is going to be a temporary charge? You know, that's an excellent question, Teresa, because I think it depends on long term what the practice decides to do with their billing processes and how they've monitored their overhead expenses uh, in previous years versus what they're going to be doing now for the immediate future. So just kind of back up that question just a little bit. It's super important. And June is next week. It's really important to have a strategic planning session of what your overall anticipated forecasted costs are going to be in the practice. In that strategic planning session, it's really important to take stock of the plans that you participate with. What percentage of uh, the time are you writing off more than 8% of your uh, fees because of your relationship with that plan? And maybe it's time to revisit whether or not you want to be in network with that plan. Every single time, the practice needs to remember they can still see the patient, they can still treat the patient, they can still file a claim for the patient if it's not an HMO type plan. The thing that changes is how you work with that insurance plan. So if you no longer are willing to take the 40% write-off, you're going to have to have a different relationship with a preferred provider. And in the cases of like Delta, Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, if you don't participate with their plan, they pay the patient directly. So the communication with the patient, I always just say that's a different math conversation. Don't get wrapped up in the emotional side of, oh my gosh, the patient's going to have to pay out of pocket. Initially, they'll have to pay out of pocket, but the insurance will reimburse them directly and typically a lot faster than a dental office gets reimbursed. The client that I just talked with is, you know, I don't know if you know about the state of Michigan and some of these other Blue Cross Blue Shield states that on the back of the check, if you're not a preferred provider, if you sign that check and deposit it in your bank account, you are technically considered a preferred provider because of the language that's written on the back of the check. So I don't recommend you accept payment from Blue Cross Blue Shield in the state of Michigan if you're not a preferred provider, have the patient pay you directly and then have the check go directly to the patient so that you don't have to get stuck in the implied participation, which I think is criminal. I'm gonna say it, I think it's criminal for an insurance company to trick a dental office like that, but I digress. It was very shady is a good word for it. And I don't usually, you know, get emotional about that, but I was shocked by that. You actually uh, rang the alarm on that and I learned it from you. I think you did it like a year ago, right? Yeah, about a year ago. So that's very important. Now, you said stock, which made me think of inventory. So now more than ever, is there focus on inventory and the cost now? Oh, for sure. So Having an inventory specialist um, in your practice, one of the dental assistants or the hygienist that was that would be in charge of dental supplies, you're going to want to set aside non-patient time for them to take inventory and to really track the inventory, not letting things expire and really figuring out researching the costs of products versus ordering them online uh, versus an auto ordering system type thing. So, and there are ways that you can cut costs without cutting the integrity of the practice. So, and I'm not talking about how much you pay your team to be there. I think your team is the most important investment a practice can make. And when I go in to a practice and I see overhead being too high, I see the staff investment being too high. My thought process doesn't immediately go to, well, you're going to have to just reduce the size of your team or pay them less. That means you're underproducing for the quality of service that you're offering in your practice. It also means that you might be in network with too many plans because gross production drives the overhead. Net collections pays the overhead. So if you do the math, 
and you're in network with 11 plans and you're writing off 40%, you're creating overhead on that 100%, but you're only collecting on the 60% that's left over. So really do the math. Yeah, you have to pay attention to those numbers right now. And if you're kind of lost on that, that's something that Lois does give. You have like an hourly consultation for that. So if you're thinking, okay, my inventory, I need to get a hold of that or whatever, that might be something to call you about. I mean, I would call you about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm happy to advise on on how can we figure out where our overhead should be, how much we're spending, what we're forecasting our expenses to be in the coming year. And that's really the most important part of that recipe is to really sit down with your expenses that are you have currently and then figure out anticipating, are we going to have to buy new equipment? Are we going to have to put in new carpet? Are we going to have to increase our PPE costs, et cetera? Factor that in, and that's where you right-size your fees and decide which insurance companies you want to be in network with to offset that overhead cost to the practice. That's been a call I've been getting a lot is I it's time to, to get off of plans. Yeah. I think that's been on the forefront of a lot of people's minds. So the silver lining of COVID is that a lot of doctors who never took the time because they were busy or whatever, wasn't weren't interested in the finances of the practice have had to wake up and get a hold of it, like almost a throwing them into the deep end of the pool, but you've got to know your numbers or your practice is not going to be around. And the really great eye opening, wonderful side effect of this was dentists actually dissecting their overhead costs and really diving in to what is covered on insurance and what their write-offs really were. Some of those softwares allow you to charge your in-network fee, so you don't necessarily see it come through in an adjustment. You just see your adjusted fee, and so you think, hey, no big deal, but how come I don't have enough money at the end of my checkbook to pay my bills? Well, because you weren't tracking how much you were actually writing off, and you really need to track that. That's excellent, excellent advice. All right, so I told you it was going to be a hit and run. We are now at the end of our hit and run. We're going to walk away. Everything's intact. And you have a lot of information here, Lois. I'm going to put your information in the show notes, but uh, how can they find you real quick? Email me at lois at bantaconsulting.com. Pop a question out there. Have a complimentary conversation with me about what kind of services you need for yourself. A variety of a menu of services, and I'll not try to ever sell you more than what you need. And I wouldn't have somebody on that would be doing that anyways, right? So Lois is a trusted, trusted friend. She is in it to help. Thank you very much for this hit and run episode, Lois. Until the next time, everyone, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We're all super busy. So thank you for making time for me today. The show notes will have any links that we referenced in this episode. You can also find links for my book and for my live events and webinar schedule. I speak often around the country on management and insurance issues. Come hang out with me in one of my classes. I promise you'll laugh and learn.